You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome, everybody. This is Thomas Carinante of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Bet you weren't expecting this today. You got a solo ep with your boy. Heard people asking, can can Tommy's takes handle this? Can TC handle this? We're going to see. Adam Weinrib enjoying himself these next two days, or next four days, actually, on his bachelor party, um, having some good fun, uh, but not that kind of fun, you sickos. Jesus, um, I don't want to hear that. Um, so it'll be me today talking all things Yankees. Uh, last time we spoke to you, it was a beautiful Monday. We were geared up for a series against the Jays. Um, and I think everybody has liked the results that we've gotten from that um, uh, since, uh, since Monday. Um, but for now, if you're interested in sticking around with us, the Yanks Yard podcast, pretty great site. Um, uh, website as well. Um, please uh, head on over to... Um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do, wherever you do get your podcasts, uh, drop us a five star review. Um, uh, make sure to tell your friends. Word of mouth is probably the best way to get this thing out. Share us on social media. Do whatever you can. If you're popping in on one of the sites where you can give a review, drop us five stars. Um, we have a couple of jokers giving the one stars. I love the energy. It's it's funny stuff. Uh, but we prefer that five uh, with a question. We want to hear from the fans. We want to know what you guys are thinking. Um, we got plenty of discourse going among ourselves, but we know there's a lot of other opinions and perspectives out there. Um, happy to engage and talk more about it. Um, so, yeah, man, how about that? How about what we just saw? The Yankees taking down the Blue Jays in Toronto. Um, we knew this was a tough one going in. Um, everybody, all opposing fans at least, laughing. Oh, Yankees playing Royals, Guardians, and Orioles nine in a row. No one cares about that. Well, guess what? Problems with the Yankees these past few years, they're not beating the bad teams. So now they beat the bad teams. Now they have not played many of the good teams yet. Here you go, series in Toronto. Um, Toronto also good, winning record, um, neck and neck with the Yankees, a few games behind uh, for one of the best records in MLB. Yankees come away with the first two games of the series. Monday, you get a great outing from Jordan Montgomery. Offense gets that run in the top of the ninth. Glaber Torres drives in all three runs. What a moment for him. 
Um, LaCastro speed on the base paths in that ninth, stealing second, putting the uh, putting the game winning run in that uh, position. Torres pops one out to right field, opposite field single, drives him home, shut the door, game over, take that first one. Um, and then on Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday night we had a great moment, guys. Let's uh, you know Yankees not win nine one there, um, and uh, Aaron Judge breaks that tie with one of the most majestic home runs uh, or breaks the. Um, does he break the tie or did he tie it up? I forgot, man. This has been a, this has been a long couple of days. Um, anyway, uh, he ends up tying the game. Sorry, folks. Uh, tying the game with a solo shot in the top of the sixth. Absolute majestic bomb. The Aaron Judge trademark. Uh, Blue Jays fan gets it um, in that second deck. Hands it over to a young Yankees fan who immediately embraces this guy. Uh, tremendous moment. More of the stuff you want to see um, at these ballparks. Um Aaron Judge then met with that fan who got the ball the very next day for a nice little photo shoot, talked to him. Um, really heartwarming stuff. The, the things you want to see in this world. Not throwing the trash at the Guardians outfielders. We don't want to see that. Um, so it's nice to see some Blue Jays fans. But, oh, Wednesday night, did you see that little kid? If you haven't seen it, please go to social media. You'll be able to see it. Little kid flipping off Nestor Cortez <laughs> before he's throwing each pitch, just holding his middle. F- I think his mom's sitting next to him or somebody, and he's just like he's hot. He's kind of like hiding his middle finger, sticking it up right at Nestor. Um, it was good stuff. So we got the the full spectrum of the Blue Jays fan experience. You got giving the ball to a, uh, an opposing fan to make him feel at home, and then you got the little rascal uh, flipping Nestor the bird to distract him. Um, absolutely love it. But uh, you have that meltdown. In that game, too, on uh, Tuesday, in that seventh inning from Toronto, Marwin Gonzalez juking out Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, did he tag him? Uh, it was close. It was damn close. I'd probably call that a tag and call it out, uh, but the Blue Jays had used two, uh, their two ta- challenges already. Um, one earlier in the inning on a Bo Bichette misplay on um, uh, a hot shot from Giancarlo Stanton, um, which wouldn't have had the Blue Jays in this position to begin with. Um, so Blue Jays fans were – crying about the bad offici- uh, uh, the bad umpiring, which we get in every game, guys. Nothing new about the bad umpiring. There's bad calls all around. Um, last night we saw some terrible behind-the-plate um, balls and strikes called, um, which led to an Aaron Boone inje- ejection. We'll get to that soon. Um, but Tuesday night, holy hell, um, Blue Jays absolutely melt down. The players are flipping out because of the bad call, um, and then they proceed to play some terrible defense, um, give up six runs. They go down seven to one in that seventh inning. And then Giancarlo Stanton adds the one of the craziest home runs you'll ever see. Just comes off the bat so high in the air. You can't tell if it's a fly out or a home run. And then the camera just cuts and it's second deck. How many rows back? I don't even know. Um, But it was an absolute bomb. Yankees win that one nine to one. Head into the last game Wednesday night with all the momentum in the world. Um, but they lose guys, you know, they're going to lose games. They lose this one, three to two. Um, it was a great outing from uh Yusei Kikuchi, um, for the Jays. Um, they really needed that, uh, showing from him six innings, one earned on just 78 pitches, struck out seven batters. Um, and then the Jays bullpen took care of business. Um, Nestor. Okay. Outing nothing special Four runs two earned. He clearly struggled with his command. Aaron Boone talked about that in, uh, after the game. Um, offense couldn't get much going in this one. Five run, uh, five hits, one run. Um, loaded the bases in the ninth, though. Made it interesting. Um, and uh, Isaiah Connor-Falefa grounded out to third um, to uh, to end the game. Um, but I have a quick note on, on these losing efforts because um, the Yankees have now done this twice this year. 
And last year it was different because last year they needed every win and they needed every momentum grab and every upper hand they could possibly get based on the way that they were playing. But the Yankees had won 11 in a row coming into this last game. Um, and it was a road series against the Blue Jays, who are supposed to be the division favorites and, and still very well might be. Um, so imagine if the flip uh, the script is flipped here. Yankees are in the Bronx. They lose the first two to the Jays. Are you expecting the Jays to sweep that? No, you're expecting the Yankees to come out and save face because you cannot get swept at home against a division rival this early in the season to tip the scales in that manner. Um, so the Jays come out very resilient. Um, but the reason I like this loss and the reason I like the loss earlier in the year, Sunday night baseball against the Red Sox is because it's an, it, 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 the, the losses are going to happen. If you're going to lose, you lose in this fashion, you win the first two games against a division rival, and then you absolutely pin them up against the wall in the third game where they're scratching and clawing, trying to get that victory. They end up barely escaping by the skin of their teeth, one run victory. And they act as if, you know, they just tilted the scales in a playoff series. Um, that's that to me, that's a victory for the Yankees. You're wearing your opponents down. Um, you're taking them to the brink in every game. And I love what we've seen so far from the team. There's kind of been, there's been no, um, there's been no real complaints over this, uh, streak, this, these current, uh, these last 12 games where they've gone 11 and one, um, where it's clear that they're punting or it's clear that, um, uh, the decision-making, whether it's uh, the bullpen moves or whether it's the late-game defensive switch, switches or whatever, um, are Aaron Boone just kind of being like, yeah, whatever, we don't need this game, blah, blah, blah. When in reality, you do need as many games in the early going as you could possibly get. Um, it's mostly been pedal to the metal, everybody playing, um, no, not, not too many days off. And if there are days off, the lineup is carefully constructed to um, alleviate whatever um, – whatever shortcomings there might be. So um, I, I think we can look at that victory um, and take that silver lining from it, the, from it. The Yankees have done that to two of their most hated division rivals in the first month of the season. Um, they nearly swept the, swept the Red Sox in the opening series. The Red Sox needed to cling on those final three innings on Sunday night baseball to escape with one win. Um, and then they celebrate as if they just, you know, they just won a playoff series because the result of a sweep would have been so much more demoralizing. Um, and then you have the Jays celebrating like madmen in that ninth inning. Nice play by Vladdy. I'll give it to him. Nice split um, on that Matt Chapman throw to get, to get the, uh, the final out in the ninth. Um, but yeah, after demor- kind of demoralizing them the last, uh, the last uh, previous two games, Jays couldn't hit with runners in scoring position, couldn't get anything going offensively. Um, I know the Yankees struggled to get things going offensively for the most part in the series, three runs in the first game, um, one run in the in the last, um, but pitching's getting the job done. Uh, the bullpen is tough to hit, um, and the offense at certain points are wearing down. It is wearing down the opposing pitching staff, whether it's drawing walks, putting pressure on the base paths, um, whatever it may be. I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. Literally cannot complain any about it. And another element of this team that I wanted to talk about that kind of will segue into what happened last night is. Aaron Boone's demeanor and his attitude and his post-game interviews. Um, I hope you can all kind of see this difference um, because it's been a very big one for me. 2018-2019 um, Aaron Boone was, um, was very much a different manager. Um, I know that it was a little bit easier for him. He was kind of managing on autopilot uh, for those two years just for how good the offense was. Um, so there wasn't much of a microscope. 
on him uh, for his uh, pitching decisions or his lineup decisions. Uh, typically, whatever was done largely worked. That those teams both won a hundred plus games in those years. I know they fell short in the postseason both those times. Um, but we had some epic moments from Boone, whether it was um, you know talking trash to opponents uh, in uh, to the media, um, talking about how good his team was, and and really hyping up his guys. And we had the Savages in the Box moment in 2019. Um, that kind of shifted everything. You know, it it changed. Uh, it, it it galvanized the fan base. It changed more of the perspective around the Yankees, who are typically a buttoned up uh, franchise. Um, and John Boy doing that breakdown of Boone on the hot mics was absolutely incredible. Um, it went viral on social media. Um, every baseball fan enjoyed it, um, probably with the exception of our division rivals because they don't like to see that stuff. Um, but Yankee fans for that entire year were absolutely out of their minds. They loved it, um, and it gave a different feeling for the team. You know, it, you, you knew the manager had had your back, had the players' backs. Um, you knew he wasn't afraid to go. Um, and do the dirty work when the umpires weren't doing their job or if opposing players were doing something that um, that that the team didn't like or that wasn't necessarily acceptable. Boone was kind of always there at the top of the dugout, chirping, um, making his presence known. And then 2020 happens. Weird season, shortened year because of the pandemic. Um, 60 games um, and Yankees fall short. Uh, tough year. Tough year for everybody, even tougher year for the Yankees because of the expectations placed on them. Um, and then you have 2021, which is, yes, a full season. Um, yes, a 92-win season, which you can deem a success, but um, same problems as 2020. Stagnant offense, can't really get into a rhythm, um, uh, can't hit with the runners in scoring position, um, a lack of fire overall, which the pandemic season did contribute. You know, morale in general in society was down. Um and uh, you can imagine what it was like for Major League Baseball players to be traveling, doing their jobs during a pandemic when the season was shortened, when you just got into this financial argument with owners about them not paying 100% of your prorated salary, um, and then you're playing with no fans in the stands. So it's just tough overall. Um, so you had that year, and then, like I said, the 2021 season, which was a roller coaster, but mostly bad vibes. Um Team was not living up to expectations outside of the starting rotation. Bullpen was shaky and overworked. Offense, yes, you had some star players doing what they were expected to do um, and what you hoped they would do. But overall, the machine that is the New York Yankees that characterized 2018 and 2019 was long gone. And what did that mean? That meant Aaron Boone had to sit there and answer the same questions over and over again from the media. What's going on? Why is this happening? Any adjustments you think you can make? Same questions every single night. And what do you think Aaron Boone's going to say? This is where you kind of sympathize with the guy because he's like, well, you know, I think we're going to turn it around. I think that maybe something is probably going to work out for us at some point because it should, right? We have a team of all-stars. It should turn around. Um, and us as fans, we kind of laugh at that because what kind of thought process is that? It's, oh, yeah, we – suck really bad and we're just going to wait for someone to flip a switch and for everything to get back to normal um, and where it should have been um, from the beginning. Um, so it's funny to kind of uh, reminisce on that and realize how unenjoyable that was, but also realize that yes, while Aaron Boone did make some questionable decisions, whether it was resting guys 
um, or weird lineup changes, which we talked about incessantly, or uh, bullpen decisions or the usage of uh, younger players uh, on the pitching staff. Um, he had his hands tied. Fully had his hands tied, um, and w- we had um, speculated a lot um, whether there was something you know rotten in the clubhouse, or there was a la- or maybe Aaron Boone wasn't that great of a motivator, or maybe there was something going on with the assistant coaches and the uh, players weren't clicking. Um, anyway, in the end, and don't forget, before 2021 started, Aaron Boone underwent heart surgery in spring training. I think a lot of people kind of forget that. Um, it's a it's a, a tough condition he's dealt with since uh, I believe his college days. Um, and he's gotten heart surgery before. Um, but that was kind of, uh, that was blindsiding. Um, you didn't expect it to happen. You were waiting for the season to start high expectations, you know, another year where, um, the Yankees need to respond to adversity, um, and rediscover themselves after a disappointing 2020. And then their manager has to undergo heart surgery. Um, and you know, the toll that takes on anybody, uh, the person undergoing surgery first and foremost, um, you don't know what you don't know what he's going through, but you know the mental aspect of it is tough. And the players too. The players like Aaron Boone. That's the main reason why we believe the Yankees uh, re-signed him to that three or four year deal. Um, and uh, you could tell that they definitely felt some sort of way about it. The, the energy in the clubhouse was a little bit different. Um, I don't know if that directly played a role, but you can imagine with an educated guess that it, it kind of did. 2022, however, Aaron Boone's got this full year rest from heart surgery. They got the stink of 2021 and 2020 in the mirror. And it's a fresh start with new guys on the roster from last year, Anthony Rizzo, Joey Gallo, um, Clay Holmes, Wandy Peralta, um, guys who had time to acclimate and now have a new fresh start in New York uh, from a full you know, start season perspective. Um, and I, I sense a different energy from Aaron Boone. You got, first of all, you have the, um, the game on uh, Apple TV last week against the Royals, which had very, very good camera angles. Um, the judge home run was uh, particularly the coolest where um, it followed him uh, from behind after he had crossed home plate, made his way toward the dugout and was, uh, giving everybody high fives, uh, taking his well-earned spanks, um, and everybody else was hyped, showing their support um, and showing how excited they were that they just broke this game open. They were getting another victory. The win streak would continue and whatever. But I noticed Boone right at the top of the dugout, shaking his fist, gritting his teeth. Yeah, fuck yeah. I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, Judge, let's go. Um, and that is kind of what I think we missed. Maybe we missed it last year because we were – so because most of the year was just disappointing, you didn't see those moments where or you didn't cherish those moments where Aaron Boone might have been pumped up or Aaron Boone was um, showing that kind of ex- excitement. Um, a lot of the times when they cut back to the dugout last year, it was Aaron Boone kind of dejected or with a puzzled look on his face because, I mean, that was most of us, wasn't it? We're sitting there being like, what is going on? I don't even understand. None of this game. It's not enjoyable to watch. How do you think it was for him sitting front row in the dugout every single night? And then inevitably waiting for the same questions from the media to face the music after the game. Um, Now you have this situation where you got multiple instances that we've seen this year. um, And please, uh, this is not a plug, but head on over to Talking Yanks. They have every GIF, every video um, imaginable um, that depicts all of this. Uh, That's where I get a lot of my info. That's where I do a lot of my following. Um, The content there is great. 
And the energy I've seen from Boone this year is a complete 180 from what we've seen these last uh, two years. And it's kind of a renaissance of what he was in 2018 and 2019. I saw, don't know about you, I saw a lot more pumped up versions of Aaron Boone that those years than the last two years. Um, and now this year, we have a beloved Aaron Boone ejection, which doesn't rival Savages in the Box because I don't think anything will ever, ever rival that. Um, because it was the first of its kind on the hot mics. Well, I guess Terry Collins' ass in the jackpot was kind of the first uh, before that. But Aaron Boone's, the prolonged um, start to finish of that incident was something the internet really had never seen before. And you got a little taste of that on Wednesday night when he got into an argument with the home plate umpire. Aaron Judd was up to bat um, late in the game. Uh, Yankees down by one. They need a run. And umpire behind the plate was not entirely calling the game both sides, low strikes, inside strikes, whatever it was. Um, one of the, I, I was watching, uh, I had the game on and I was watching the the K zone on, uh, on the ESPN app. Cause I do that sometimes too. And Nestor Cortez was gifted um, a strikeout on a ball that must've been six inches outside at least. Um, so it was evident that neither, neither side was, was, was getting the right calls. Um, but it's especially concerning when it's later in the game, your best hitter's up, and Aaron Judge is getting squeezed by balls lower in the zone um, when he's six foot seven. And this is a constant thing that's been a struggle for Aaron Judge and a struggle for the Yankees as well, um, because there are times where he's not called, where his strike zone is not called appropriately. Um, many sequences and montages online where you can actually go and look and 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 um, uh, realize yourself that oh wow, like he doesn't get he gets way few. Um, or way more bad calls than you would ever expect for a guy who hits as good as he does. So he's been able to roll with the punches and adapt to it. Um, but Aaron Boot had enough last night. Absolutely flipped out. Um, the best part about it is he strategically throws his giant piece of wad of gum in his mouth off to the side before he starts flipping out. Um, and John Boy once again did a breakdown here um, and uh, did the lip reading. Uh, Aaron Boone losing his mind, telling this guy he needs to make a fucking adjustment. Um, and then they start arguing. I'm just like, you need to make an adjustment. And, and Boone's like, no, you do. You make the adjustment. It was great theater. Either way, all I'm trying to say is that this energy from Aaron Boone, um, when he's hyping up his guys, supporting his guys, and even when he's going to back his guys, um, is something that we haven't seen as maybe as much as we would have liked over the last two years. And now that we're getting it in the early going this year, we're, we're, we're just about a month into the season now. Um, and we've had multiple instances of Boone being pumped in the dugout for the team's success. And now we have him losing his mind on an umpire for uh, putting his team in a bad position late in the game against a division rival. Um, it sends the right message to the locker room, which we thought maybe was not being sent previously um, because of kind of the, 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 the bad vibes around the team with their lack of success with the, with the ongoing repetitive uh dejected um, kind of unsure post-game interviews where nobody really had answers. And even better with the Yankees' success in this early going is that don't you see the difference when players are succeeding and players are doing well? Guess who the media wants to talk to after the game? The players. And guess who actually wants to talk to the media after the game when they succeed? Also the players. So Aaron Boone is less of a target of the media when the players kind of dip back into the foreground 
because, oh, great, yeah, I don't want to talk about my four strikeout performance again or I don't want to talk about the ball that I muffed in the eighth inning that led to the game-tying home run or the game-winning home run or whatever it was. Um, let the good times roll. Let the media pick their spots um, and talk to the people that they want to. Um, and it makes for a pleasurable experience all around. And then it's less opportunity for Aaron Boone to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, I thought really we should be doing better or not. I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows why the team should be doing better um, in those points. Aaron Boone does not know. The players should just be performing better. Now they are. We have this nice, the, the nice, this nice cushion, 18 and 7, still tops in the league. Um, and uh, Aaron Boone maybe has rediscovered himself from these last two seasons, uh, from when he's kind of disappeared these last two seasons. And that's, I think, a big takeaway that we need to keep in the back of our minds as the season goes on. Um, Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge and Josh Donaldson both gave their manager props after last night's game talking about how he has their back, how, how he knows that there's a mutual respect among everybody in the clubhouse and them, and that they value that type of backing because judge doesn't want to get ejected. Why would judge want to get ejected in that moment? All he did was say what he could possibly say to the umpire and say, Hey, I think that's a little bit low. If judge loses, loses his cool and gets ejected, then you're down your best player in a tight spot on the road against the division rival and Aaron Boone knows that. Aaron Boone's like, I'm not, I'm not going to put my player in that position. I'm going to go out and I'm going to give this guy all the MFers that he can handle. Um, might spit on him a little bit with the miss coming from my mouth. Um, and I'll take the ejection. I'll go to the showers early. My guy, my coaching staff can handle the rest of this one. Um, so it's nice to know that there is that type of dynamic now. And there's more of an understanding. And there's more, I guess, of a, of a personal relationship among the players and the managers and the coaching staff um, that we – didn't know entirely existed based on what we were seeing these last two years where um, the communication seemed frayed. You know, you, you go back and you listen to um, Gary Sanchez talk about how he didn't know he was being benched in the playoffs. You go and you talk about how, um, you know, Glaber Torres and his issues at shortstop and them talking about how he came to camp out of shape and how um, his defense didn't really improve. And he has a different take on that. So, you throw in all those factors and it made for a big mishmash. It was a big mess. Um, and the fans didn't know what to think, but now aligned 18 and seven. It's great, dude. I'm feeling good about all this. Um, I don't think there's any reason to complain about that last loss. It'd be nice to see more offense. Yes. But when you're putting a very good team um, up against the wall with literally no choice other than to win, um, you can't be disappointed when you drop that one. You know, the blue Jays showed that they, that they had resiliency in them and that they had the drive to pull that one off. Um, and the Yankees did all they could. Like I said, loaded the bases in the ninth. What more can you ask for? Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Speaking of another person who's turned things around, um, and I think that this is an important thing that we discussed last year that fans might not be, that fans weren't really on board with because they were impatient and understandably so. Um, Jamison Tyone. How about Jamison Tyone? How about him? Um, Tyone has been great this year. I know it's only been five starts. I understand that. Um, but the Yankees acquired him in January of last year. 
And some people thought that we were going to see immediate results from Jamison Tyone in 2021. Um, the hope was that he would deepen the rotation, uh, help make this unit more stronger, uh, alleviate the, uh, the strain on the bullpen. Um, but it wasn't exactly the case. Tyone struggled um, and people kind of didn't, I, I wouldn't say completely disregarded it, but you're not realizing that the guy the year before underwent his second Tommy John surgery of his career. Um, and then a few years before that had a battle with testicular cancer. So he wasn't fully back on track in many regards, mental health, probably physical health, literally. Um, and he had thrown 37 and one third innings in 2019 and 2020 combined. Um, and that was also a lot of the fans gripe with uh, signing Cl- Corey Kluber as well. Cause it's like, Whoa, why are we getting both of these guys barely pitched the last two years and think that that's going to like, we're going to see those immediate dividends. Typically when you're dealing with Tommy John patients, especially, um, especially the first time, but like even the second time, because that's a tough road to recovery that second time um, you're looking at year two after, after the, the first year that they come back from that procedure, you're not getting the true value that that player can deliver. Um, and it showed Tyone, 4.30 ERA, 4.43 FIP, 1.21 whip over his first 29 starts with the Yankees. Um, he won July pitcher of the month that year. So we saw the tide begin to turn and he gutted through that last start of the season when he had his, uh, when he injured his ankle and eventually needed surgery. So the, 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 the writing on the wall for him to eventually succeed this year was there, but I think we invested a little bit too much faith in what he would be able to bring to the table last year. And I think that the Yankees knew themselves that they would be getting the true version of Jamison Tyone that they saw in Pittsburgh for those two really successful seasons that he had in 2022, two years removed from surgery, one full year under his belt with a new team in a new setting with entirely new expectations. When you're comparing Pittsburgh and New York, two very different places um, where fans are holding people accountable to a much higher degree in one place than the other. So far in 2022, I understand once again, it's only five starts. Tyone, 2-1, 2.84 ERA, 3.31 FIP, 1.15 whip, 21 strikeouts in five starts. Uh, in uh, I'm sorry, I just said five starts, 21 and a third innings. That is the production that the Yankees traded for and have been waiting for. And what is the biggest difference here? The biggest difference is Tyone's ability to locate. He's not issuing nearly as many walks as he had um, to start his previous five seasons. Um, so far in 2022, he's walked two batters in these five starts. Over the course of the rest of his career, he debuted in 2016, and he's played five seasons since. Uh, he missed 2020, the pandemic season, two Tommy John, um, and spent time recovering. But every other year throughout his first five starts, here are his numbers. 2016. 21 strikeouts, six walks, four homers allowed. 2017, 24 strikeouts, 12 walks, two home runs allowed. 2018, 24 strikeouts, seven walks, four homers allowed. 2019, 17 strikeouts, five walks, two homers allowed. 2021, 29 strikeouts, awesome, five walks, five home runs allowed. So this year he's allowed three homers, um, but he's always that that's always kind of been part of his profile. Career-wise, 1.1 homers per nine innings. But 
You look at the walks, 0.7 walks per nine, as it stands, would be his career best. It's not going to stay there because right now what he's doing is is absolutely incredible. It's going to normalize at some point. Um, but that change in his game, I think, has really made all the difference. Um, you're not walking batters, so when the home when the long ball eventually comes, because that's part of your profile, um, maybe it's a solo shot. Maybe it's only a two-run shot instead of the three-run shot where you're giving up hit, walk, then the pressure's on. Um, another big difference here is he's, he's introduced a cutter this season. Uh, he's added it to his arsenal, fastball, slider, curveball, and changeup. He's throwing the cutter at a 12% rate. He's taken 9.5% off uh, usage off of his fastball and almost 3% usage off of his slider, which I think has limited the damage in many ways. Um, hitters were feasting on those pitches last year when Tyone was mislocating. Um, so again, the location aspect of it, I think is very important to realize it's because he's had a full year under his belt pitching off that injury. Um, and now has a full year, fresh start, knowing kind of what his limitations are, what his abilities are, introducing this new pitch, commanding his stuff, feeling comfortable in New York, dealing with the media, everything under the sun. Um, so I just wanted to talk about him briefly because I know how important he is to this team, how important he is to the rotation, um, and why we're kind of seeing this um, this shift in performance from him. Um, and I think it was always expected. I'm not saying the Yankees made this acquisition last year and was like, oh, 2021's out the window. We'll look forward to 2022. But they definitely knew that the greater production from Tyone would be coming um, in 2022 based on his health profile and everything else. Um, and man, okay, enough Yankees. We got we got enough wins over these last couple of weeks to just bask in the glory. Um, and I think it's time for a hate update, guys. It's been a while. Blasting the Red Sox. Um, it's one of our favorite things to do. So cue the hate update. Come on, cue it. Let's hear it. You're now listening to Thomas and Adam blasting the Boston Red Sox. This is the hate update. Boston, down bad. They're playing right now against the Angels. Um, they are 10 and 15. It's been an awful start for them. I know they have some injuries. They're dealing with some things. But the biggest thing has been the offense failing to find a rhythm. They're also thin in the rotation, which has created strain on the bullpen. Um, We know all about it. We know all about this. Uh, Yankee fans are are very used to it. Um, But now it's it's just so great to finally um, listen to Red Sox fans cry a little bit more. Because if we're being honest, the last few years have gone very well for them. I know not for all of them. Many were upset when they traded Mookie Betts. but you look at 2018, 108-win season, close to a World Series, doesn't get easier than that. Uh, beat the Yankees in the playoffs again. 2019, um, they fall off uh, with the same exact roster because uh, probably Alex Cora realized he couldn't cheat anymore. They have the whole uh, thing with the video room editor, whatever the hell it is. Um, they don't make the playoffs. 2020, trade Mookie bets, depressing, but um, – What's the worst, like the, the, wor- the, the best worst thing happened to them, right? They tanked during a shortened 60 game season with no fans in the stands where, you know, cause fans are uh, rival fans of the Dodgers talk about it now. Mickey mouse world series doesn't matter. So the Red Sox tank in a year that was kind of written off. That was, um, you know, covered in controversy, uh, every which way because of the pandemic, how it was handled, the, the financial dispute between the players and, um, the owners, 
whatever it is. So they tank that year, and then they get Marcelo Meyer to fall to them in the draft at number four, which he was supposed to go one or two overall. So to me, that's a win for them. Then 2021 comes, Alex Verdugo, one of the members of the Mookie Betts trade, ends up becoming a a true Yankee killer. Um, Red Sox beat the... uh, uh, beat the Yankees in the, the wild card game and make an ALCS run. Um, so it's mostly been good for Red Sox fans. Cause even the lowest points of that, you were like, this isn't so bad. Yeah. We'll punt the, we'll punt the garbage season. No one's going to care about 60 games, whatever. Who's even paying attention to this? No fans. I can't even go to a game. What does it matter how they're performing seasons cut into a third, whatever. Um, and now they, and then they go on this run and now Red Sox fans, um, Maybe I'm speaking too early, but I don't care because I love hating on the Red Sox. Red Sox fans, uh, t- to me, this team was not built to contend. Um, and all they do now is they buy into the whole raise, the, the whole raise front office philosophy, citing Heim Bloom for everything. Oh, Heim, eh, don't trust in Heim. Heim's doing this. Heim's doing that. Heim's got the best interest of the team in, uh, in mind. No, he doesn't. He's got the best financial uh, mindset here playing into ownership. That's why he was hired. That's why he... Traded away Mookie Betts. That's why he traded away Hunter Renfro. That's why he signed Garrett Whitlock to a contract extension as early as he could. And even funnier, the one time he tried to get ahead of the contract extension game, it's burned him. Matt Barnes, dude. Matt Barnes last. Matt Barnes. Oh my God. This is supposed to be the Red Sox closer. Matt Barnes was guaranteed nearly $19 million less than a year ago. Less than last July, this was covering, and this deal was covering 2022 and 2023. Um, he made four and a half million dollars last year. Um, and Heim was like, let's get him under contract. Get a team friendly, team ish friendly deal for ostensibly a very good reliever who can anchor the back end of the bullpen. Uh, not quite, quite literally, not quite. Matt Barnes has been terrible since he signed his contract extension and Red Sox Twitter is melting down and I absolutely love it. Um, And it's created another problem, but first let me tell you more about Barnes. 26 innings pitched, 27 hits, 17 walks and 20 earned runs since the day he signed his contract extension back last July. That is, how is he on the roster still? And that's what many fans are talking about. They want him gone, whatever. Obviously you want this guy gone or you want his role um, de-emphasize so much to the point where he's pitching meaningless innings to maybe get back on the horse or get uh, feel some sort of comfortability without the fans being down his throat because Red Sox fans do hold their players accountable. You know, uh, Red Sox fans are one of the more loyal uh, loyal bases out there, um, and they are not happy when their team is underperforming. Um, Matt Barnes has been a big, big uh, sore subject for this fan base. Um, he's killed many games for them. Um, And the best part about this is we have another Yankees loop here. Garrett Whitlock, (laughs) Garrett Whitlock. Now Red Sox fans cannot truly cannot enjoy Garrett Whitlock. Why? He was moved into the rotation for his last uh, three outings. Alex Gora moved him in. They're thin on the rotation front. Chris Sale's still out. Um, And uh, um, they need, they need another arm to uh, Tanner Houck um, uh, put a wrench into things when they went up to Toronto, he's unvaccinated. So it kind of shifted the plans around. Um, Garrett Whitlock, they can't even enjoy him in the rotation. He's pitched tremendously, by the way. Three starts, he hasn't given up a run. Struck out 18 batters in 12 innings in those three outings um, as he's gradually being built up. It was uh, 48 pitches, I think 65, and then 78 or something like that. 
Um, they couldn't let him loose right away because he's he ha he hasn't started as a pro yet um, in you know more expanded capacity. Um, but now Red Sox fans are torn. They're getting these great starts from Whitlock, but they're saying, "Oh, we need this guy in the bullpen because we have a very bad bullpen, and because Matt Barnes is so terrible, it's untenable at this point." Garrett Whitlock's removal from the bullpen has created a bigger problem than anybody could have ever imagined. So we're sitting here, we're watching the fans complain about Matt Barnes and how bad he is. And to make things even more satisfying for Yankees fans, the whole Garrett Whitlock narrative gets looped into this and they can't enjoy him. He has a 1.25 ERA and a 0.69 whip, 29 strikeouts in 21 and two thirds inning this year, picked up right where he left off. Three weeks ago, Red Sox fans were laughing in my face. They called me up laughing in my face. No, I'm just kidding. But laughing on social media, they're saying, oh, my God, thanks for the thanks for the cost effective contract extension. Yankee fans uh, picked up Garrett Whitlock in the rule five. Heim strikes again. Boom. There it is. Um, and now, yeah, you have him under contract. It's probably going to be a very smart contract. It's going to be a very good one. Um, you're going to get a lot of value out of it. But right now, you don't even know where you want him pitched. You can't even enjoy this guy succeeding on the mound because it's either a wasted start. They didn't win any of those starts that he performed in or it's other games where they need his fire. They need his stuff coming out of the bullpen to lock down the middle of the opposing lineup. And they can't even get that. Um, and that, and, and that's where they're torn because it's like, okay, do I want a good start from Whitlock and then the bullpen's going to blow it? Or do I want a solid start from somebody else or whatever, or bullpen the game and have Whitlock come in when the game's close and, stop that comeback in its tracks. Whereas it's kind of like an automatic comeback at this point for the opposing offenses, because that's how bad they're performing. Um, so I just need, I needed to get this off my chest and laugh about this because it's always great when we get to rag on the Red Sox um, and their slow start this year. I think, you know, Hey guys, look, Boston fans hit me up. I'm here to talk about it. Broken brain disease. We've all been there. Um, Yankee fans are one of the, one of the most um, acute sufferers of the, of this disease as well. Um, and I think the Red Sox faulty success. I will go as far to say it was faulty last year. This team on paper was not very good. Um, it was a rock solid team. I think the I, I don't like facing the Red Sox um, solely because they're, they're they always have that that edge, that mental edge, which um, puts the Yankees in their place at times. Um, but talent wise, the Red Sox, the Red Sox roster is never like, holy, like 2018 different story. That roster was very good top to bottom. Um and they had that they had that gumption and they had that spark. Um, last year, I think they just rode with the hot hand. Alex Cora comes back, troops are you know reinvigorated. Um, the fans are you know pretty much giving a big fuck you to MLB because they get their cheating manager back after a sixty game vacation after a season that didn't even matter. Um, and they rode that hot hand and they punked the Yankees in the beginning of the season and they had that mental edge for much of the year even though the Yankees came back and made it close, but ultimately it came down to the wild card game. They, the Red Sox wildly overachieved while the Yankees wildly underachieved. And it, the, the paths so happened to cross in that manner where it was the road wild card game at Fenway. And then the Red Sox took that energy and Hey, I credit Boston fans, media, Everybody there for riding with the energy, riding with the momentum. They do it as best as any, as best, as good as any other fan base does it. They took that energy and they made an ALCS run of it. They beat the best team in the AL in the Rays. And then they, 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 they scared the Astros in that beginning of that series. Um, but overall, 
I don't think that team actually played to its potential. I think it was an overachieving roster. Um, and then Heim, for some reason, uh, does some tinkering this offseason um, where he trades Hunter Renfro and bring, brings back Jackie Bradley Jr. Now there's contract extension uh, drama surrounding two of their best players in Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers. Um, so I think this is more of an accurate depiction of the Red Sox. I don't think it's a sub-500 team, but I also don't think it's a 92 to 95 win team kind of punking the Yankees year in and year out. Um, I love them right here. 10 and 15 drama left and right crying about a closers contract. Um, not happy that Devers hasn't, didn't get his extension. Not happy that there's going to be shortstop drama with um, uh, Xander Bogarts, Z- Xander Bogarts after the year. Um, and, you know, dealing with Trevor Story's early struggles, $140 million for a guy who's not been good at all. I know he's come alive these last couple of games with with a few big hits, but overall, Trevor Story has not been good, not lived up to the money. Um, so that's your hate update, guys. God, God, I hate the Red Sox. That felt good. Um, folks, that's the end here. Um, you got my spiel for 40 plus minutes. Uh, my name is Thomas Carinante. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy's underscore takes. Um, Adam Weinrib, who is not here today, enjoying his bachelor festivities this weekend. Good luck, my man. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. You can also find us um, on uh, Google Podcasts, like I said, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, pop in there. You got our bylines on yanksgoyard.com. Um, we got plenty of content there for you as the season goes on. Um, we're dialed in at every moment, baby. We love it. Um, talk to us on the official Yanksgoyard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. Um, we're there all the time too, especially for game days. Um, so until then folks, uh, I didn't really, I didn't really find it necessary to preview the Rangers series. Um, Rangers are coming to town tomorrow, three game set. Um, let's, let's take care of business there. Yankees are still on fire despite the loss last night. Um, they're playing great baseball. Um, Rangers have heated up a little bit, but they're still, they're not there as a team. They're, they're, they're very much an inferior opponent at this point. Um, so most importantly, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Um, we'll talk to you again on Monday, 2, p- uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, um, live on YouTube, live on Twitter. Um, we're going to have a great time this season doing these live streams, so please pop in, ask some questions, try to get involved in on the conversation, um, and the next time we'll talk to you is then. Have a great weekend, everyone. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.